Where can I buy a director's chair? Amazon. Where can I buy Welcome Back Cotter on DVD? Amazon. Where can I buy that Humping Animals adult coloring book with a dog fucking a chicken on the back? Amazon. Go to d2rpn.com and click the Amazon banner. Buy an oven mitt. Meet Dave and Ryan. Dave and Ryan are doing very well for sure. That's because they are the hosts of the Rock Vegas podcast. Dave paints and writes books. Ryan doesn't edit anything. Listen to them weekly on the Rock Vegas podcast for a boost of self-esteem and natural male enhancement. Presents the Think Tank Podcast. And now, coming to you pre recorded, deep undercover, in the world's deepest, darkest, most secure, Hadron Collider and Nuclear Bomb Tested and Approved Doomsday Bunker, here is Ryan the Area Man. Hey Dave. Good morning. Good morning is right. Okay, so over the next, I guess, uh, probably three episodes or so, we're going to, instead of doing, we're basically we're going to watch this uh, documentary whatever thing on YouTube. It's about three hours long. Mm-hmm. But instead of putting out one giant five-hour episode like we did back when we right. covered coronavirus, we're going to split this into, hypothetically, uh, an hour. So the videos for three hours, we're going to take that in hour-long segments, plus our discussing as we go, and put out in three parts. That's mm. what we're going to try to do. So this will be part one yeah. of this. And what the, the film is called is Fall of the Cabal, parts one through ten. As almost as though there's maybe more than that at some point. I don't know. Maybe it continues. But we're just going to cover this first one. So today's episode will cover the first hour of this film. Cool. Cool. All right. Let me read what it says on screen. This documentary was made by researcher and author Janet Asabard from the Netherlands with the aid of countless anons across the world. It contains thousands of hours of research I urge you to accept nothing as the truth. Please do your own research and double-check everything I present to you. That is the only way to truly wake up and become an independent thinker. Well, we've always said that. Yeah, do your own research. Whatever we say, don't believe it. Go look it up for yourself. Mm. You know? So, uh, it's plain. We're just got to get past this. Uh, quote, I have striven to respect all copyrights of the images used in this documentary. If you believe I infringed your copyright, please contact me ASAP so that I can settle things in an appropriate way. Oh, my copyright's in there. She owes me money. Mm-hmm. My image. I would hope that your image isn't in here. All right, on screen. Now it says, warning, I urge you to watch this documentary all the way to the end. You may find the first episode shocking or even even unbelievable, yet at the end, everything will fall into place. The final two episodes, 9 and 10, contain an unexpected twist, causing you to face the changes ahead of us with hope and faith in your heart. Interesting. Ooh. 
Spoiler, there's fucking ten episodes. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, parts one through ten <laughs> will probably be the indicator. The end of the world as we know it. Things that make you go, hmm, part one. We are about to witness one of the greatest events in human history. The world as we know it is crumbling before our very eyes, and the majority of the world population is not aware of it. Power structures that have been in place for thousands of years are taken down as we speak. Soon we'll be shown evidence of an elite plan so evil, so all-encompassing, that people will be shocked to the core. This documentary was made to help you deal with what's coming. Is it a good thing? Oh yes, it's the best thing that could possibly happen to us. But in order to understand and process the quantum leap that we as humanity are about to take, you must understand the reality, the timeline if you wish, that we as a species were placed in. And believe me, you don't have a clue just yet. The evil I mentioned has been working behind the scenes so intelligently, so brilliantly, that hardly anyone ever noticed a thing. What I'm going to do is, first of all, give you a short overview of things that made me go, hmm. Things that made me decide to start digging for the truth. We'll take it from there, shall we? Are you Is this bitch dead? Uh, for know. having released this video? I have no idea. Okay, Dude, we, could, we could look into her name, I, I guess. And... Usually that's what happens. She probably killed herself by... She... Shoving a, a knife through her face 14 times and then put herself in a trunk. Well, probably. I mean, we could look into that real quick. I was curious. I thought maybe you'd already knew that. What was her name? Janet O. Hanahan? <laughs> no. Pretty sure that wasn't it. <laughs> no, I was like. Yeah, it's not fucking on there. But yeah, it was like Janet O. something. O. C. N. or something. Yeah. Well. We'll, we'll look at it for, for next time before we start yeah. the next episode. We'll, we'll look it up. Ready? Join me on a journey down the rabbit hole. Let's start with the recent forest fires, for instance, in California. Mm. Did you know that these fires forgot to burn trees? Mm-hmm. That they were capable of cutting through houses? I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. That they burn trees from the inside out? Now that I hadn't that seen. That they were able to lift cars, tilt them, and smash them down? Are you sure these are ordinary forest fires? And how about this one? We live in a world where mercury is considered highly toxic, but not when we inject it into children in absurd quantities. No doubt you've heard about chemtrails. Denied by our governments for a long time, but recently acknowledged and referred to as geoengineering aerosols. They are sprayed into our atmosphere to protect us from global warming. The thing that makes me go, hmm, however, is the fact that we're sprayed with heavy metals, which are stored in our brains, where they have proven to cause Alzheimer and Parkinson's disease. And did you know that in many countries, among which my own Holland, we have to explicitly say no to organ donation, for if we don't, our organs will be property of the state as soon as we are declared brain dead? 
The last time it was erased this way by law was during the Nazi occupation. Did you know that our current Pope is the first to state that hell does not exist, but the devil does? Isn't it weird that the Vatican's audience hall is full of references to reptilians? Snakes? Serpents? It is really weird, dude. Yeah. Did you know the Vatican's telescope is called Lucifer? And since when does the Pope make the sign of the devil? Wow. 9-11. Whereas one bird can cause terrible damage to a plane, on 9-11, two planes managed to cut through steel. A third plane mysteriously disappeared in a building, and number four plunged into the earth without leaving any debris or bodies. The planes were piloted by terrorists who only had had a few flying lessons in a small Cessna. It's totally believable. Uh -huh. I mean... Then, there are the horrid attacks on innocent people in which the same victims can survive up to three different attacks. Yeah, that's really weird. Mm -hmm. How's that possible? It's almost like they're crisis actors. This lucky young man survived being shot in the head. All he needed was a band-aid. <laughs> and thank God not all victims are people of flesh and blood. Wow. What do you think about this one? Are you a parent? Are you aware of the fact that children cartoons contain subliminal messages of sex and violence? Why? Did you know that fully grown fetuses can be legally aborted in many American states? That advocates of full-term abortion state that unborn babies cannot feel pain? Whereas every doctor knows that the nervous system is the first to develop in fetuses? Is abortion of a fully grown baby not the same as murder? Yep. Okay, let's have a look at the migrant caravan. Thousands of people fled their South American homes to look for a better future in the US. The trip covered 2,000 miles in one and a half months in order to be on time for the American midterm elections as a political statement against President Trump. This means they walked an average of 45 miles a day mm. on flip-flops, barefoot, like in, this, in divers. and like this, 45 miles a day? Why do Hollywood celebrities promote the use of facial creams containing the foreskin of baby boys? Do you realize that these foreskins are actually sold? That it's a trade? What's next? Drinking baby blood? <laughs> now, I'm going to give you five more, although I could go on forever. Counting down, number five. Did you know that diseases such as AIDS Zika, SARS, and Ebola are actually patented? 
Yes, I do. Do you know when something is patented? When it's man-made? Man-made diseases? Are you kidding me? Number four. Your cell phone, laptop, tablet and your TV contain spyware that works 24-7, no matter whether your device is switched on or off. This means you are constantly being monitored. Each and every conversation, whether at home or at work, is recorded. Why? And by whom? Number three. In 2018, Monsanto, known for its genetically modified seeds and crops, plus its poisonous weed killer Roundup, was bought by Bayer, a chemical giant that produces mostly poison. In other words, our food supply is now largely controlled by the producers of carcinogenic poison. Monsanto started off producing Agent Orange, a very powerful and highly toxic chemical used during the Vietnam War to eliminate forest cover and to destroy crops. But it turned out to do just a little bit more than that, causing horrific birth deformities and various types of cancer. According to experts, the fusion of Monsanto and Bayer was the perfect match made in hell. Number two. In 2018, Hillary Clinton admitted that she deleted 33,000 emails from a private server used as Secretary of State. Not only that, she used a hammer to smash her cell phones, SIM cards and hard drives. Any further evidence that could have been used against her in a court of law was destroyed by fire that conveniently started in the office of a mansion. Did she actually get away with that? And last but not least, number one. President Obama received the 2009 Nobel Peace Prize only months after his inauguration. Why, for God's sake? He came from nowhere and had achieved nothing at the time. In the following eight years, he invaded seven countries and dropped a bomb every 20 minutes. Who on earth was on that Nobel committee? <laughs> the world is not what you think. And guess what all of these things have in common? They were completely ignored by the mainstream media. Not one news channel covered or questioned any of it. And just when I thought I'd seen it all, this became president of the US. <laughs> I always thought there were two political sides in life, left and right. Left was for the common people, right was for the rich. But I soon found out that my ideas did not reflect reality at all. Obama seemed to have enchanted everybody, including myself, with his good looks and charms. But like I said, he invaded seven countries. He was a Democrat, for God's sake. And Democrat Bill Clinton went from one sex scandal to the next, lying under oath and getting away with it. Maybe left and right were simply two wings of the same bird? In spite of my leftist upbringing and background, and my fierce opposition against Trump, I decided to give him the benefit of the doubt. But how did he get elected in the first place? Just before the elections, WikiLeaks arose. Founded by Julian Assange in 2006, 
WikiLeaks is a giant online library of the world's most censored documents, obtained by whistleblowers at the highest level. Much information deals with war, spying and corruption. Now, just before the presidential elections, WikiLeaks published highly incriminating evidence of the corruption within the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton presidential campaign. So, what happened? That happened. On January 20, 2017, Donald J. Trump was inaugurated as President of the United States of America. But how did WikiLeaks obtain the evidence of the Clinton corruption? It was leaked by an employee of the Democratic National Committee, Seth Rich, who was subsequently found dead with two bullets in his back. Who killed Seth Rich? We will find out in the next episodes. What do we have for now? Donald Trump as President of the US. And then, out of nowhere, arose the enigma of Q. That's the end of part one. Here's part two. Down the rabbit hole. On October 28, 2017, a mysterious post was placed on 4chan, an anonymous internet bulletin board. It contained nothing but codes. This was the beginning of a new phenomenon. The Q posts, soon to be transferred to HM due to hacking, became more and more intriguing and popular among the so-called QAnons, anonymous people who are wary of the lies of the mainstream media and who've gone searching for the truth using other news outlets on the internet. I will get into the identity of Q later on in this documentary. Interesting. Q communicates with the people by means of the Q posts, drops or crumbs that we, the Anons, pick up and decipher. The Q crumbs portray a better world without wars, treason and corruption. A world after the Great Awakening. Q uses words and short sentences that keep coming back. Sometimes the cue drops are short and to the point. Initials are used instead of full names. Sometimes they contain a lot of information. And sometimes combinations of letters and numbers are used for us to rearrange. The cue clock was introduced and it took us quite some time to figure out how to read it. And then there was the cue map containing an incredible Jesus. amount of vital information. The map was made by Dylan Lewis Munro. It contains an overview of the true history of mankind and its covert power structures. Q is not a cult, as suggested by opponents. After all, it tells us not what to think or what to do. It merely gives us questions, clues and riddles. We need to do the research in order to find the answers. And that is how we discover the truth. 
Through this research, I've come to find out more about American and global politics than I'd ever dreamed of. I was never really interested in politics, but the Q-drops opened my eyes to a whole new world, a world of secret societies, secret services within secret services, and secret deals made on a grand scale. A world with shadow governments, with an excessively rich 1% of the world population that actually runs the world. Not our political leaders, not our presidents, but a very small group that we refer to as the Illuminati or Cabal. I learned about an evil master plan to completely dominate the world. And the ordinary people like you and I, we know nothing. I we get up in nothing. the morning, we yeah. go to work, we pay our bills and our taxes, we watch TV and go to bed not knowing that there's a battle being fought over our heads for world dominance. A battle between good and evil. This is what Q is pointing out to us. But we the Anons have to do the research. And we do. Like nerds. Like an army of digital autists. We connect the dots. There is a war going on for world dominance, for the absolute submission of the masses. How is this achieved? By the constant waging of war. By the introduction of the Federal Reserve Bank and central banks. By trafficking drugs, oil and people. The only two American presidents who try to break down the power of the elite, beginning with the banks by printing their own interest-free debt-free money, thus bypassing the Federal Reserve System, were Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy. What else did they have in common? They got murdered. Oh, now, why are the banks mm. so important? What exactly is the Federal Reserve and its central banks? The Federal Reserve is the central bank system of the U.S. And in spite of the very misleading word federal, the Federal Reserve and all central banks around the world are privately owned. They are not government institutions. They are owned by some of the most wealthy and influential families in the world, two of which are close to the top of the power pyramid, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. The Federal Reserve was set up in 1913 after quite a bit of opposition from the US government and some very wealthy people such as Benjamin Guggenheim from a very influential mining family, Isidore Strauss, head of Macy's department stores and politician, and John Jacob Astor, businessman, inventor and probably one of the wealthiest men at that time. The wealth of these three men in those days was approximately $500 million, which today would amount to something like $11 billion. These men were so rich, they could not be bought, not by any bank. What else did they have in common? Apart from money, power, and opposing the creation of the U.S. Federal Reserve, they all died on April 15, 1912, when the ship they traveled on hit an iceberg and hmm. disappeared in the cold ocean. Coincidence? 
Let's just say the Titanic disaster we didn't know was that? highly convenient. Uh, yeah, I was wondering why I knew Jester's the- name. We did talk about yeah, that before. I think I had briefly covered it at some point in mm-hmm. some think tank before about that was kind of the setup for the Federal Reserve. They opposed it, and so they all were on this boat, and they all died. That was the actual reason for the, for the Titanic thing. Sinking. But it was also... There's this whole thing with the whole Titanic thing, not to go on a side jag here, but the Titanic itself wasn't, the one that sunk, wasn't actually the Titanic. There's this whole, like, thing, dude, with uh, the Titanic, and it was a sister ship, and they, they like, I don't know, we have to do a whole separate thing, because there's this whole thing about the Titanic, dude, and it wasn't the actual Titanic. It... It was the sister ship that they just painted Titanic on. That was the one. It was they were gonna. It was a piece of shit, basically. But they said, "Oh, this is the you know whatever." Anyways, we'll we'll get we'll do that another yeah, time. But yeah. the opposition was easily cornered. U.S. Congress was bypassed. The Fed was created illegally, unconstitutionally. Something not many people are aware of. Let's have a look at the visible top of the power pyramid. There we have the Rothschild family. In short, this family owns most of the world. They own each and every central bank. They own the Federal Reserve. They control the International Monetary Fund. They control the World Health Organization. They finance both parties of... Hang on. And we're supposed to believe the World Health Organization when they're sitting there saying, uh, oh, it's coronavirus you need to get this vaccine all the sorry right there you lost me yeah it's over i don't believe a fucking word they say every war since the war against napoleon they financed the bolshevik revolution they financed hitler and the nazis they financed the production of ibm's punching machines for an efficient prosecution of the jews by the nazis and they had equities in exxon and ig farben the dealers of Zyklon B gas for the Nazi gas chambers. The estimated net worth of the Rothschild family is $500 billion. When you have that much money in power, you can poke the chest of the Crown Prince of Great Britain like he's your bitch. (laughs) And when you oppose their power and try to stop them from taking over your banking system, by setting up a central bank in your country that loans money to you at insane interest rates that you can never pay back so that your country becomes the eternal slave to the Rothschild banking system as happened to every country around the world you are either ousted or killed. Your country will be invaded and blown to smithereens in the name of democracy supported by the mainstream media that portrays you as a dictator. The same applies to those who refuse to accept the almighty U.S. petrodollar. Hang on a second. So, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. just for shits and giggles. If you, Dave, a hundred fucking years ago, or however long ago this was, uh, did the same thing, you were... Dave E. Rothschild, mm-hmm. let's just say, and uh, I was a- an opponent to you. You you want to do this whole central bank thing, and I was fucking 
Ryan Astor. And I'm like, no, we will not do this. This is bullshit. Can't do this. You're like, hey, get on this boat over here, buddy. I you get on the boat. free tickets. And I fucking sink. And now Dave Rothschild has said, fuck this. We're doing this fucking Federal Reserve. We'll get it all signed in. And now I'm Dave Rothschild, who owns the whole fucking planet, basically. I own all the money. I own everything. Mm-hmm. Everybody owes me. I'm in control. Is it really, like... <laughs> all right. Be- beyond the the point of, like, funding both sides to a war, right. which ethically is not... I mean, you're trying to profit off something. He's a businessman, to be mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. Is it really shitty? Like, I mean, he just had a good idea. Hey, hey, how can I get everyone to have to owe me? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like... Are we just pissed because he thought of it first? Or, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I get you. I try to, like, consider everything when I'm making a, a statement. I don't fucking like the guy. I don't think what he did was on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was some surreptitious, malicious thought behind this whole right. fucking thing. But he was a businessman. He thought of this idea to, hey, I'll loan you money. At a really high interest rate, you agree to it, and now you fucking owe me forever, basically. Mm-hmm. And there's much. no way you're ever going to be able to pay it off. Therefore, I will always be in control. That's basically what he did. Now, yeah, exactly in doing did. that, as you start paying me back because you have a country and you're, you know, making shit and importing and exporting and you're making money, you got to pay me back. You got to pay on your loan. You can't just never not pay the loan. Uh, you know, then, you know, well, I want a central bank in this country over here that's saying, fuck you. So, mm. hey, America, you're going to go over and invade that country under the guise of they called your fucking president a pussy. Called him gay. Or something. And so we're going to attack that. But then in, in doing that, I'm going to open a central bank. And it, this is basically on a simplified term what mm. the fuck happened. Now, should we... Shit on this guy? I mean, at that point, I feel like that's pretty shifty. It's greed. But, I mean, the in- initial idea of saying, I'm going to create a central bank, we're going to name it in federal, so people mm-hmm. think that it's fucking government yeah, run yeah, or whatever, yeah. and and now everybody's going to owe me, because I'm going to loan you money, and you're always going to owe me, and everybody, I'm going to basically own countries, I'm going to own the planet. I mean... That initial, beyond the whole, like, oh, I put my opposing people on a boat and, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't have to get on the boat. Right. To be fair. I mean, right. I don't know. You tell me. Oh, and that was the other thing, going back to the whole mm-hmm. Titanic thing, is he was supposed to be on the boat, too, the Rothschild and all this, but they all got off at the last second. Like, they didn't get on the boat, but they canceled their trip at the last second while everybody else got on, and... It was this, this whole thing, dude. It, Interesting. We'll get into the whole yeah. thing on another episode. But I don't know. Are we just pissed because he started it first beyond the whole arrest no, of it? I no, mean, because I think everything that he's done since then and everything that the family has done since then has been kind of, against kind the of people. overrules yeah. the fact that maybe he had a really good idea at one point. Yeah, and maybe it was. Maybe it was a legit, hey, I'm going to help everybody. They, you know, I'm going to loan the money and- loan the money because they want it. They can't get loans through the other banks or whatever they had at the time. So, yeah, I'm going to help everybody out. From a business standpoint, that's smart. Hey, it's competition. It's a monopoly type thing. Like, yeah, in monopoly, your goal is to own everything. Everything. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have laws against it, but back then I don't think we did. So, 
I think his idea was, you know what? Instead of there being 14 banks, I'm going to be the best of those 14, and then there won't be 14, it'll be me. Yeah. So then everybody will come to me for a loan. Everybody will give their money to me to hold for them. I mean, think about it. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, now we go from not just to the city of New York or whatever. Now we're going to do the whole country. Then we're going to do all these other countries. And then once... And I think, okay, that's a great business plan. Mm -hmm. It's the second you start saying, hey, you two are going to fight, and I'm going to give both sides money. It's kind of like a UFC. I'm going to pay both of you motherfuckers. You're going to dance for me now, and I'm going to put it on TV and make money off of you two motherfuckers who are going to bloody each other up, break each other's noses, and whatever else, Mm -hmm. and I get to reap the ultimate amount. I'm going to give you guys a little bit, but I get the most. You know what I mean? This is what it is. Mm -hmm. Now, is that bad? I mean, yeah, that's kind of shitty. Anyways, let's get back to it. I just wanted to, I mean, never really thought about it from a perspective of, it's a business decision initially. Mm-hmm. I think it got bad, though. Yeah. Maybe it was always a shitty plan, or maybe it just became that eventually. I don't know. I guess I was trying to argue or wonder, the was he ever really a good guy? Was this a really a good, like, it was a good idea as a businessman, and then in doing so, evil corrupted it? Yeah, and that could be. Or was it always evil to begin with? You know what I mean? I guess that's a part we'll never probably know, but. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, and there's much more, but we'll leave that for another time. The Rothschilds are not the only ones dominating the world. They are just part of the 1%, the elite. Another family of great influence are the Rockefellers. They made their initial fortune through oil. That fortune led to massive industrial influence. Influence in American politics, the banking system, and the pharmaceutical industry. They founded schools and universities, leaving a huge imprint on what should and should not be taught to our children and students. The Rockefellers further expanded their tentacles of power into the medical world and into hospitals. They now own the Rockefeller University with its Academy of Medicine and the Academy of Sciences, the International Health Foundation, the American Cancer Society, the Drug Trust, the American Medical Association, and the FDA. Jesus Christ. Everything was in the hands of the Rockefellers. That's ridiculous. They further infiltrated the educational and medical system by means of the Rockefeller Foundation, giving grants to specific research programs, such as the research and development of vaccines. For instance, against Ebola, yellow fever, Zika, the flu, and Gardasil, which was further developed and promoted by billionaire and partner in crime Bill Gates. Every case of dangerous side effects such as miscarriage, autism, sterility, seizures, paralysis, and death 
was brought before the FDA and cleared. And all of the above was promoted by doctors and the media, where the Rockefellers had placed their representatives at the highest levels. Even presidents assured us it was safe. All use of alternative healing was demonized and prohibited, while the treatment with drugs and the drug dependency were pushed down the political agenda. The Rockefellers were also responsible for adding the toxic chemical waste product fluoride to our water and toothpaste. And as usual, the media spread lies about its healing qualities. No doctor or dentist ever tested its efficacy. They simply told their patients what they'd been taught at the Rockefeller institutions. Yet another field of interest was the genetic manipulation of crops. The Rockefellers own millions of shares of Monsanto stock, as does their partner Bill Gates. Their mutual interest in eugenics, which aims at improving the genetic quality of the human population, will come as no surprise. Back in Nazi Germany, the Rockefellers financed the horrific eugenics experiments performed on Jewish people, trying to create a superior master race. So, in short, two very powerful families that rule the world and its population are the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. And guess what? They are not even the most powerful. There are other families that exceed the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, both in money and in power. But Ooh. I will not go any deeper into that at this oh. stage. Mm -hmm. We'll save that for later, shall yes. we? No, we shouldn't. There's one more no. man I want to put in the limelight right now. George Soros. That Described by the shit. mainstream media as investor and philanthropist. His net worth? $25 billion. Soros was born in Hungary. After World War II, he moved to England and then on to the US, where he made a fortune with his hedge funds and his merciless ways to manipulate the financial market using crises to further increase his own wealth and expand his power. He prides himself in taking no responsibility for his actions and the destruction he caused to literally millions of people. I quote, I am here to make money. I cannot and do not look at the social consequences of what I do. What a piece of shit. Sora yeah, strikes sure. me for his choice of funding. For example, NAMBLA the North American Man-Boy Love Association. Their goal and their slogan, sex before eight before it's too late. Wow. <laughs> what the this fuck? is their mascot. Why does this great benefactor support a pedophile club such as Nambla? Then there's Antifa, the anti-fascist movement. When we look at their actions, we see nothing but violence. They show great resemblance with fascism, which is rather strange for an anti-fascist movement. Even one of their flags is weird in that sense. Why would anyone finance such a thing? The same goes for Black Lives Matter. Why sponsor a movement that pretends to be left-wing, but shows nothing but riots and violence in practice? Do you want to know what we're dealing with here? Then follow me. To part three. Ooh, part three.
the alien invasion. Booyah, bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I get excited. The yeah, migrant me too. caravan that headed to the oh, southern border alien. of the U.S. in <laughs> April 2018 oh, you thought was we were going by the media at time. According to the official reports, these people came mostly from Honduras, where the caravan had started, and then people from Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua, and Mexico joined the march. The main reasons for them to flee their home country were gang violence and poverty. When I saw the first pictures, I was shocked. But then I realized there were just too many images of women and children, which is always a sign of media manipulation and a hidden political agenda. Always. Critical thinkers like the QAnon studied the pictures closely. Too many things did not add up. Like I said in part one, these people had to walk for 45 miles a day, each and every day for one and a half months. But these people don't look exhausted. They're not dirty or sweaty. I mean, look at them. Their clothes are clean. Clean babies. Clean pants. They wear labels. They are well fed. These people aren't refugees. They're not poor. I traveled through Mexico, Guatemala, and Honduras, and I saw poverty. Believe me, these people are not poor. 45 miles a day on flip-flops? Are you kidding me? Or even barefoot? Come on, where are the blisters? And why aren't they carrying what is needed for a journey like that? Blankets, food, water. Where are the spare diapers? Some people do have small backpacks, but they appear to be brand new. Yeah, they all do. Mm-hmm. So, what did happen? Well, they used the money that they First had left to go buy a brand new backpack. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the whole thing was a fucking photo op, dude. Yeah. Buses and vans were deployed to transport all of these people from Honduras to the U.S. border. Flip-flops? No problem. You only have to get out of the van occasionally for a group photo. Uh Next, in order to get as many people as possible, you pay them. Thanks to some alert anons, this was filmed on site. Then, in order to be efficient for the media, you give the main players a colored wristband. Brilliant! Different colors have different meanings, all known to the reporters and the cameramen. That is interesting. Yeah. But everybody's got fucking wristband. Yeah. I wonder if that's their pay scale. Yeah. Or something. Every single one of them has a fucking wristband. That I bet you Some most people, people never notice. See, that's the thing. I want to rewind it to see if we, they were in the other ones because I don't remember seeing them. I would have known. Oh, this one really convincing. Even make it to one. the World News mm-hmm. Report. Meet Maria Meza and her five children, all the way from Honduras. She made it to every news item on TV, telling about her terror. 
the fear for her children, their eyes all wet and swollen due to the tear gas that the American Border Patrol so viciously threw at them. Well, Maria, there are a few flaws in your story. I've looked at every single picture of you and your beautiful girls. None of them show any signs of tear gas. This picture clearly shows that you are the only ones in action. The cameraman shoots away, completely unhindered by the gas. And there is no panic. Let's have a closer look at this picture. Cameramen are standing in a line of smoke, yet have no problem with that. Oh wait, look! Somebody is throwing a gas canister. Is that a fellow refugee? Maria told the press that her son went back the next day to get the canister and show it to the reporters. Shame on you, America! I do hope Maria was paid handsomely. I really do. But her story sucks. <laughs> the family was photographed on another day, getting out of a van for yet another day's work in front of the camera. And the tear gas canister? You can buy them at any theatre prop retailer. Or you can use the police training variety. They produce huh. white smoke, but no harm is done. I guess Trump's statement was correct. No tear gas was used on the children. The entire mainstream media coverage of this event was biased and flawed. My advice to the producers, next time, pay more attention to the details, for the anons are on to you. Refugees who walk for thousands of miles do not walk like this. Or like this. Yeah. They don't wear flip-flops. They don't have brand new pink buggies. They do not polish their nails. Mm. They don't wear iron shirts. Neither do they have perfect haircuts and makeup. When they say they flee their country because they're so poor they can't even buy food, don't show them with digital cameras and iPhones. <laughs> Refugees who walk for thousands of miles are not clean. And for God's sake, pay attention to some of your supporting actors. <laughs> So yeah, her, I saw her first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they just use the same people over and over again. Mm -hmm. They're fucking actors, dude. I mean, we're not actors, but, you know, they're basically... And when you Photoshop someone into a picture, make sure you don't forget his leg. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oh, and make up your mind, will you? Do you want the shirt on or off? <laughs> and what's with the Disney obsession? Well, Disney probably funded some of this shit, so they yeah. were handing out Disney-type shirts. Yeah. When you really want to know what's going on in the world, you have to do the research, just like you keep saying. And when you do... You will see what's real and what's not. The migrant caravan was a staged event with a political motive. Who was behind it? 
Who financed such a great event? George Soros. That's right, our great benefactor, George Soros, connected to the pedophile club Nambla and the rioting and violent Antifa and Black Lives Matter. How do we know he's behind all of these so-called social movements? Well, it's not really a secret. According to an analysis of his tax filings, he invested $33 million in the notorious Ferguson riots alone. Soros promised everyone who participated in the massive protests $15 an hour. In the case of the migrant caravan, all they had to do was play the part of poor refugees looking for a safe haven. Money, new clothes, food, toys, and an extra bonus if you play your part well. Who'd refuse a job like that? Soros made a mistake by not fulfilling his financial promises. So then we had more riots, this time by angry actors who demanded payment. Videos of Antifa members shouting, Soros, Soros, where's our money? went viral. Yet everything was hushed up by the mainstream media. So, what's his motive? Why would anyone invest so much money in these massive and well-organized movements to destabilize a country to create division division by skin color by political wing by religion by gender a divided people is easy to rule a united people is not let's go back to the Q phenomenon as we've seen in part two, Hughes strongly emphasizes the importance to unite. United we stand, divided we fall. Q portrays a better world without wars, treason and corruption. And whether you like it or not, the task to get there has been put in the hands of Donald J. Trump. Now normally when I say this to people, I get the most vicious looks. Thanks to the mainstream media, the majority of the Dutch people believe Trump to be a narcissistic dictator. But hey, let's talk some facts here, shall we? Trump went to North Korea. He'll start a nuclear war, the media shouted. But he came back with peace. Six million new jobs have been created under Trump. Lowest unemployment rates since 50 years. More than 4 million people off of food stamps. No. Trump openly attacked Big Pharma. He created the biggest tax cuts ever for all social classes. He is the only American president ever to work for free. He signed an executive order to clean the oceans. Did you hear about that on the news? No. Nope. No. For some reason, the mainstream media have a political agenda of their own. But more about that later. From my point of view, one of the most important priorities of Trump is to protect the children. Right after his inauguration, he stated that his administration would focus on ending the horrific practice of human trafficking, also referred to as modern slavery. On December 21, 2017, he signed an executive order blocking the property of people involved in serious human rights abuse and corruption. 
more executive orders followed to protect victims of human trafficking. A huge campaign was deployed to educate parents and children about the dangers of human trafficking. Throughout 2018 and 19, many arrests took place. Thousands of child molesters were arrested. Thousands of victims were rescued. Trump keeps emphasizing that most victims are smuggled into the country through the southern border. He shows numbers, statistics. He made January Human Trafficking Awareness Month. He informed the people about MS-13, a criminal gang responsible for raping and killing many American citizens. He swore he would take them down to the last member. He keeps emphasizing the drugs problem and the billions of dollars plus the countless lives it costs each year. He keeps pleading for a wall, anything to reduce the drugs and human trafficking numbers as much as possible. But the mainstream media keep twisting his words, making it sound like immigrants aren't welcome. I've watched these interviews time and again, and I can assure you that according to President Trump, immigrants are most welcome, but they have to come in legally. The funny thing is, Bill Clinton wanted a wall. Obama wanted a wall. Hillary wanted a wall. They all voted for a wall when they were still in the Senate. I'm talking about the 2006 Secure Fence Act, passed by a Republican Congress and signed by President George W. Bush. It wasn't a problem back then, but now all of a sudden, Trump is an immigrant hater? The more I study this subject, the more I understand why Trump is bashing fake news. But more about that soon. Mm -hmm. Back to Trump's war against human traffickers. For years, whistleblowers at the highest levels have been stepping forward with testimonies about child trafficking for the elite. This is nothing new. It was just never dealt with until now. The thing is, when I talk about this in my presentations, people don't want to hear about it. They don't want to look at these pictures, which I understand. I would rather look away as well. But that reminds me of the famous one-liner of the Germans right after World War II. After being confronted with a painful question, how could you let the Nazi atrocities happen? Why didn't you do something? The answer was always, wir haben's nicht gewusst. We didn't know. Of course they knew. It was just too painful and too dangerous to acknowledge it and to do something about it. Well, I will not look away any longer. These kids are not helped by our denial. They are helped by our action. So for God's sake, keep watching. We are the only hope they have left. 
child trafficking for the elite. That is bigger than pedophilia. We are talking about a huge criminal organization kidnapping children and selling them to high-ranking officials from mayors, judges, and senators, to presidents, and even royalty. Do you think this is far-fetched? Do you think it's just a conspiracy theory? Get ready for some conspiracy facts in part four. I like facts. Mm-hmm. Part four, child lovers everywhere. Pizza everywhere. In 2010, right after the devastating earthquake, 33 children were smuggled out of Haiti. The woman who was arrested, Laura Gayla Silsby, said they were orphans who were about to be adopted in the U.S. Upon investigation, however, it turned out most of these children were not orphans. They were later reunited with their parents. Furthermore, there were no adoption papers to be found. These kids had simply been abducted, stolen from their parents. Who exactly is this Laura Gaylis Silsby? First of all, she was on the board of directors of Alert Sense, the company that provides the technology for Amber Alert. Amber Alert is the broadcast emergency response to recover abducted children. Isn't that an interesting paradox? A convicted child trafficker? Yes, she was found guilty and convicted. Connected to Amber Alert? Set up to rescue children? Secondly, this lady is the founder of the Baptist organization New Life Children's Refuge, an orphan rescue mission for Haiti. Sounds to me like she had a ways to smuggle children out of the country real easy. Nice cover. Last but not least, she's a close friend of the Clintons, who immediately paid for a lawyer, Jorge Puello, who himself is a convicted pedophile. He was arrested and convicted for leading an international human trafficking ring involving women and children. All of this came out into the open thanks to WikiLeaks that published the secret emails between the Clintons and Laura Gayla Silsby. Let's continue with Haiti some more before moving on, shall we? Haiti was put in the limelines once again with the Oxfam scandal. Oxfam, known for its shops throughout the world for empowering women and for fighting poverty, was banned from Haiti following the 2010 earthquake. There were orgies with prostitutes, some of which were underage, in other words, with children. Leaked emails further confirm that $3 million were diverted from Haiti in relief funds via the Clinton Foundation to pay for Chelsea's extravagant 2010 wedding. Mm. Wow. When Trump called Haiti a shithole, the whole world went mad. (laughs) But he was right. What he referred to was what the so-called non-profit organizations had turned the island into after the earthquake. The Red Cross collected half a billion dollars for Haiti and all it did was build six houses. Jesus Christ. The Clinton Foundation ruthlessly misappropriated the earthquake donations from international donors and got away with it. Klaus Eberwein, a former government official of Haiti, due to testify about the Clinton corruption, was found dead with a bullet in his head 
only days before the trial on July 12, 2017. Monica Peterson, the young social anthropologist who went to Haiti to investigate human trafficking on the island and who tweeted some critical thoughts about the Clinton Foundation, was found dead by hanging shortly after, in November 2016. Her death was ruled suicide. And when surgeon Dr. Dean Lorek openly vented his disgust about the corruption by the Clinton Foundation that he himself witnessed while trying to save lives on the island, he too ended up dead. In December 2017, he was found on the bathroom floor of his apartment in New York with a knife in his chest. His death too was ruled suicide. Well, yeah, that's how you do it. Oh, yeah. But no, hey, let's not dwell knows. on the many suicides surrounding the Clintons. Let's go back to one of Q's often repeated sentences. Symbolism will be their downfall. In 2007, the FBI released a bulletin with symbols used by pedophiles to identify their sexual preferences and to communicate where to find both each other and their prey. The blue triangles identify boy lovers, the pink hearts are for girl lovers, and the butterflies for child lovers in general. These pedophile logos will indeed be their downfall. They are in plain sight, for they never thought people would wake up and see. And just like we saw with Amber Alert, it's the organizations that claim to protect children that actually use pedophile logos. For instance, the International Adoption Clinic, New Star Kafala, a Muslim adoption and child advocacy agency, this is the logo for their HOPE program, helping orphans progress emotionally. Then there's the Pacific Crest Trail Association. It changed its logo in July 2017, after the pedophile connection in the capital A was discovered by the public. Now, I'm not saying these organizations are proven pedophile dens. I'm merely pointing out the interesting choice of logo, which of course could be totally based on coincidence. This logo eerily resembles the boy lover symbol. It was used by the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation, set up by the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, in honor of his father. This logo was on the 2015-16 annual report. Then there's Alpida, a Canadian refuge charity. Alpida was founded by the Radcliffe Foundation, set up and owned by Frank Justra. Now, apart from the interesting choice of logo, there are a few things about Mr. Joostra that fascinate me. First of all, he's a major sponsor to the Clinton Foundation. We're talking $100 million and more. He loved going to Haiti with the Clintons. And he, well, he founded to pick the his Boys Club Network for boys between 12 and 18 seeking connection and mentorship. His co-founder is Jim Crescenzo, a teacher from Vancouver who received an excellence award from none other than Justin Trudeau. Now once again, I'm sure this is just coincidence. But what is it that Q keeps saying about coincidence? How many coincidences before mathematically impossible? Isn't that shit you say? For someone who claims to be a decent family man, Justin Trudeau sure has some interesting friends. Take Christopher Ingvaldson, a Canadian private school teacher, convicted for the possession and distribution of child porn. For many years he was Trudeau's friend and roommate. 
Then there's his best friend Peter Dalglish, the world-renowned humanitarian who was caught in the act in Nepal with two children aged 12 and 14. He was the founder of Street Kids International and the Trails Youth Initiative Program. Now, I'm sure these programs do great things for kids. Why choose pedophile logos? And why are so many set up by registered and convicted pedophiles and sex offenders? I mean, if you're a pedophile, wouldn't it be great to have your own child protection program? To have access to all those lovely children to pick from? Uh Mind you, these children often come from troubled backgrounds. Some have criminal records. Many suffered from neglect and abuse in early childhood. Easy prey and no concerned loving parents to protect them. Uh I mean, look at CPS. The Child Protective Services, exposed in 2007 for legally kidnapping and selling children for adoption out of foster care. The lady who exposed them, Congresswoman Nancy Schaefer, was murdered in 2010. No. Now back to Trudeau's interesting best friends. Here we have Ben Levin, former Deputy Minister of the Ministry of Education, arrested and convicted in 20. It's so weird how many how, how so many people either commit suicide or get murdered when they expose evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Of course. 2013 for making and distributing Jesus child Christ. pornography. Then there's Jan Gomeshi, the Canadian CBC radio host, arrested and charged in 2015 with seven counts of sexual assault and one count of overcoming resistance by choking. Now, I don't know about this, but if I were Trudeau, I'd be more careful selecting my friends. He is surrounded by registered pedophiles and sex offenders. There's another prominent place where the FBI symbols of pedophilia can be found, in Hollywood. We briefly saw in part one that children cartoons contain references to sex and violence. It's crazy how they sneak it in. Yeah. If we're not looking for it. You know. Doesn't that make you wonder who Walt Disney really was? Why are children exposed to Illuminati symbols, such as pyramids and the all-seeing eye, time and again? Conditioning. Mm Mm-hmm. And why are pedophile logos used for candy and ice cream? Yet another thing that attracts children. The more I dived into this topic, the more I realized to what extent this had actually drenched our society. Top directors such as James Gunn, who openly and proudly tweet about being a pedophile. I guess this is normal in Hollywood?
Jesus. He was fired over these tweets, rightly so, one would think, but only a few weeks later he was back at work. Out through the front door, back in through the back door. Nickelodeon's producer Dan Snyder lost his job because he couldn't keep his hands off of young girls. Jesus. And here we have Brian Peck, a convicted child molester who only spent 16 months in jail, after which he was offered a job right back with Disney, where he continued working with underage girls. Once again, out through the front door, back in through the back door. Jason James Murphy kidnapped and sexually assaulted an eight-year-old boy in 1996. He served five years in jail, moved to California, used his shorter name, Jason James, and became a casting agent for child actors. The list of sexual predators in Hollywood is endless. Only recently were some of them called out by their victims and arrested. Most victims never dare to speak up, for the predators are absolute legends in Hollywood. Actor Corey Feldman was one of the first to speak up about child abuse in Hollywood. He and his best friend Corey Haim became actors at a very young age. They were incredibly successful and famous, but the price was high. They were sexually abused by various adults they worked with. It was common knowledge that the two Corys were passed around at Hollywood parties. They resulted in great trauma that was buried for many years. The two Corys sought relief in alcohol and drugs, which eventually led to Corey Haim's death at the age of 38. It wasn't until recently that Corey Feldman called out his abusers. Elijah Wood, who became world famous for his part as Frodo in The Lord of the Rings, supported Corey Feldman's statements about Hollywood as a pedophile den. Elijah was protected by his mother, who wouldn't let him visit any of the parties where a lot of the abuse took place. Good. World-renowned actors such as Robert Downey Jr. and Brad Pitt also stepped forward to support all of these statements. If you think that sounds crazy, wait till you hear Mel Gibson. The world-famous megastar, both as actor and producer, was blacklisted by Hollywood for stating that Hollywood is a den of parasites who feast on the blood of kids. He took it a whole lot further. Read for yourself. Well, I'll read it for everybody since she pushed for that. Hollywood is an institutionalized pedophile ring. It is a den of parasites who feast on the blood of children. Every studio in Hollywood is bought and paid for with the blood of innocent children. It's a quote from Mel Gibson. I say that could be a good place to stop it. Go I'm going to wait till the end of this part. Oh, that makes sense. <clears throat> uh, another quote. Hollywood studios are drenched in the blood of innocent children. Baby blood is so popular in Hollywood that it is basically operates as its currency of its own. Hollywood elites are an enemy of mankind, breaking every God-given taboo known to the known to man, including the sanctity of children. It's an open secret in Hollywood. These people have their own religious and spiritual teachings and their own social and moral frameworks. They have their sacred texts. They are sick, believe me, and they couldn't be more at odds with what America stands for.
So when everybody thought they were shutting him down because of his uh, recordings shitting on his fucking yeah. ex-wife, they just used that as a way know, to make him crazy. Way to make him sound yeah. fucking nutty and all that. There's um, mm-hmm. more quote. They harvest the blood of children. They eat their flesh. If the child was suffering in body and psyche before it died, they believe this gives them extra life force. These people thrive on pain, trauma, stress, abuse, and suffering. There is a creative and loving force inside most of us that guides us through life. These people don't have this. For them, it's the opposite. I mean, these are fucking expose quotes that fucking point it all out. Yeah. And it's no wonder they had to shut him down. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, here's here's some more. They're using and abusing kids. They churn through a huge amount of kids every year. Their spiritual beliefs, if you can call them that, direct them to harvest the energy of the kids. They feast on this stuff, and they thrive on it. Babies are their highest currency, their premium brand of high-grade caviar, cocaine diamond steak. The money involved? You have no idea. Wow. That's fucking crazy. It is. Uh, Here's more. I mean, these are all from Mel Gibson. These are quotes. This isn't anything new. If you do some research, you will see it's a metaphysical, alchemical phenomenon, and you can find it behind the scenes in all the dark eras in history. It's a dark, multidimensional cult art and practice used by secret societies in the last few hundred years for social programming and mind control, and raised to a zenith by Hollywood and America in our era. Now, I guess we could say, well... If he is fucking crazy, then everything he says is fucking crazy, right? No, that's what that that's what they Could want. Could this to be true? Eating babies, drinking their blood? Will this have a happy ending? Oh yes. Let's move on to part five. And that's where we'll end this episode. See, we just waited. I'm sorry, dude. 35 I'm sorry. seconds long. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, this is a perfect uh, spot to end part one for us, part four for the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be back next week with part two, our part two. And I'm guessing we'll probably get through three or four more parts in that episode. And then we'll so, have the grand finale conclusion yeah. with the Grand Wizard. <laughs> of the KKK. Yeah, grand, and the Grand Pooba. And the Grand Pooba. Um, so yeah, that'll end this one. Um, Till next week, Dave. See you, dude.
please subscribe to the Detour Podcast Network on iTunes, and don't forget to rate and review while you're there. You can also download the Stitcher and Podbean app to your device for free and search Detour Podcast Network and subscribe. If you enjoy listening to the shows on the Detour Podcast Network, then spread the word to everyone you know. Your word of mouth is our best advertising method, and we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. Where can you find everything you want to buy? Amazon. What about two-day shipping no matter where I live? Amazon. What about groceries? Yes, Amazon has it. Go to d2rpn.com and click the Amazon banner. Fucking love it. So there I am in my car, listening to shitty music. And I ask myself the tough questions. Why am I listening to the same song over and over again? when I could be listening to the D2R Podcast Network. And is it true that he who smelt it dealt? And why the fuck did the chicken cross the road? And what the hell is on Joey's head? Hey, I wonder if Yoko Ono saw yesterday, today. I wonder if tomorrow was yesterday. Rockford reference. The D2R Podcast Network. Live for today. Or yesterday.